Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Christian Lequen. I am uh, teaching at the European Institute, and it's my, my pleasure and my honor to introduce uh, this evening Mr. Antonio Milosiewski, who is the Minister of Foreign Affairs of the Republic of uh, Macedonia. Um, well, I know that uh, uh, some would say that you are maybe the Minister of Foreign Affairs of the former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia, because uh, there are some discussions about uh, the name uh, of your country. It's probably a privilege to be the Minister of a country with several names. Um, you are very, very young, I must say. It's very impressive, 31 years old. Uh, graduate from the University of Skopje and also from the University of Bonn in, uh, in Germany. Uh, then you follow some uh, postgraduate studies at the Gerhard Mercator Universität in uh, Duisburg, and you were appointed uh, Minister of Foreign Affairs uh, uh, in uh, August 2006. So the title of your conference is uh, uh, Macedonia Test Pass and the Challenges Ahead. Uh, we are very interested, uh, Minister, to have... Uh, political and economic uh, pictures of uh, your country, of domestic changes, uh, reform. Um, of course, uh, uh, being the Minister of Foreign Affairs of a country located in the southeast of Europe, uh, we'll be also very interested to have uh, some um, analysis from uh, the regional environment, and we are, of course, thinking about uh, uh, Kosovo. And also, uh, last point, about the international challenges for your country. Uh, um, you um, have an application in NATO. Uh, you are also um, an applicant for the European Union. Uh, and uh, the perspective is uh, for your country being a member of those two organizations. So, uh, again, thank you very much for giving us uh, some of your time uh, in uh, London uh, for your lecture, which is part of the European Institute, FT uh, Business Future and European Lecture Theories, and uh, the floor is yours. Well, thank you very much, uh, Mr. When we speak about the names, it's also about pronunciations. You no. have rightly okay. pronounced my surname. I will try yours. Thank you, Mr. Professor. La Cuisine. Or, uh, how should I? Le Can. Le Can. Thank you very much. And uh, when we speak uh, about the provisional names that uh, sometimes I use, I will start with one anecdote made by one of my colleagues from the Baltic countries. He said it sounds very strange to him uh, when he will hear uh, the former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia and he cannot imagine uh, how it will sound for his country, the former Soviet Socialist Republic of uh, uh, something. So he was very creative and said, why you don't propose to the European Union uh, changing instead of former using future and instead of Yugoslav <laughs> using European. That would be something more appropriate. However, I'm really honored with uh, this opportunity having a lecture here at the London School of Economics and uh, I'm very excited. So 
first I will start with the way toward independence of my country. It was 8th of September uh, 1991 when the citizens of Republic of Macedonia held uh, a referendum for independence and the vast majority of our citizens uh, voted for the independence of the country. And we were fortunately the only uh, republic from former Yugoslavia warning its independence in a peaceful way with a referendum. So we have avoided, avoided at that time this uh, bloody conflicts that uh, happened first in Slovenia shortly and then afterwards with uh, very great um, um, and bloody conflicts in Croatia and uh, Bosnia-Herzegovina. So today we celebrate 16 years anniversary of our independence. Um, and we have had numerous of challenges ahead after we have acquired our independence, but we have achieved to build one democratic society respecting human rights and freedoms and respecting the rule of law. The first test we faced after the independence was the struggle for international recognition of our country and non-involvement in the armed conflicts that at that time were taking place in the greatest part of the territory of former Yugoslavia. In spite of the numerous difficulties we have faced because of the Greek obstacles, on 8th of April 1993, the Republic of Macedonia became finally a member of the United Nations. Today, Republic of Macedonia has a former minister serving as a president of the 62nd UN General Assembly. So we are very glad and pleased that we have achieved being so visible on the international level. The second test that we have passed was again related with the, connected with our Greek friends. It was uh, an economic embargo imposed on Macedonia in 1993 by that time government of, uh, of the late uh, Mr. Uh, Papandreou. Um, and it was a very difficult time because at the same time, international community has uh, imposed uh, uh, economic embargo on the former um, Yugoslavia, that time still led by uh, um, the past uh, Milosevic, who was uh, then uh, the strongholder in, in Serbia. So it was a very uh, difficult time because uh, we are a landlocked country, and um, at that time the economy was uh, in the very beginning of the transition, but uh, fortunately with the support of uh, friendly Bulgaria and other countries around, we have achieved to, um, let's say, uh, uh, to have a, a minimum supply of the things we have needed at that time. The third test of Macedonia was the test in 1999 when NATO alliance decided to take an action against the regime of Milosevic in respect of the events in Kosovo. And uh, we were faced with a very big, a great refugee crisis. Uh, around 330,000 refugees from Kosovo were accommodated in Macedonia. So it seems uh, this, is, uh, this was uh, like 18% uh, of our population. Um, and it was a, a very difficult economic and social impact, but uh, we have done these things because uh, we have we believe that uh, these people really need assistance, and therefore we have assisted and welcomed them in Macedonia. On that way, contributing somehow uh, the intervention to be successful. 
Nevertheless, the most difficult test for Macedonia since its independence has been the armed conflict of 2001. Owing to the endeavors of the most influential domestic politicians and the assistance from the European Union and the United States, the conflict has been resolved successfully with the political means. The Republic of Macedonia has translated into a political document the centuries built tolerance and mutual respect which are not just a modus vivendi of democracy in our multi-ethnic society, but our credo as well. Therefore, our functional multi-ethnic democracy is our greatest added value of which we can be proud in Europe. The Ocrit Agreement concluded after the clashes of 2001, when Macedonia was faced with the choice between the past and the future, has made us more stable, more democratic and stronger as a society. We appreciate the support we were afforded by the European Union in those moments. I believe I will not overstate in saying that today Macedonia as a society is a qualified as a Europe in small, with diverse cultures, diverse religions, diverse languages and successful togetherness. Ever since the first days of our independence, NATO and the EU integration were the major challenges for our Republic. Euro-Atlantic integration has become our top foreign policy priority. We have clearly paved the road to the democratic associations and on that road we have demonstrated genuine maturity, awareness and our will and abilities to preserve our uh, uh, unity when we speak about foreign policy priorities. And therefore I would like to mention that uh, 90% of the Macedonian population is supportive of our NATO integration and even 92% of our population is favorable to our EU integration aspirations. Today we can proudly say that for the Republic of Macedonia, NATO and the EU are no longer merely an optimistic thought and remote perspective, but also they become reality with every passing day. Today my country is a European Union and NATO candidate country. As I have mentioned, Macedonia is EU candidate country, the same status granted to Croatia and Turkey. The only difference is that we have not started membership negotiations. However, in the past decade we have learned that first we need to do our homework and to dedicate our efforts for the reforms. On the other hand, we expect the Union to know how to assess our accomplishments and to know that it needs to be swift. In our country, reforms are implemented in the areas of judiciary, public administration, decentralization process, and process of the reform of the police. Top government priorities are the struggle against organized crime and corruption. We expect that all our endeavors will be valorized by the progress report that the European Commission prepares this autumn and that it will send a positive signal for the start of the negotiations. I will not be sincere if I do not mention that there is more work ahead. However, we, will, we have a will and we are convinced that with the assistance of our friends, we shall respond to the challenges aiming and becoming as soon as possible part of the European family. We know today that uh, Europe has uh, in itself uh, problems and debates when we speak about the enlargement of Europe. So there is uh, some kind of enlargement fatigue. 
but mostly this enlargement fatigue goes to a larger countries. And in this respect, we are happy to be small. And uh, being small means uh, being capable to uh, adapt to every uh, creative phrase constructed from Brussels, whether it will be uh, absorption capacity or integration capacity. Macedonia, however, fits in everything. The benefits uh, will not be unilateral for the integration of Macedonia in the European Union. And uh, from time to time, we hear what will Macedonia bring in the European Union as an added value. Above all, I think it is our vitality. Since the days of the dissolution of Yugoslavia, the Republic of Macedonia has shown such a vitality in the face of all military threats, economic blockades, and challenges to its identity that this fact alone qualifies for active factor in the integration process in our country. This is complemented by our constructiveness, political reason, social maturity, and sense for anticipation of the processes. Just how many times has Macedonia faced a situation of choice between the past and the future? And this is not a simple choice. The developments in our neighborhood confirm the best. Nevertheless, we analyze the present and look forward to the European future, and we have not failed in our choice, at least when issues of long-term importance are concerned. To the challenges of the past, we have sought and responded with the European answers. The position, this position in responding to internal challenges makes Macedonian society open and the state essentially oriented toward full cooperation in the region. Regional cooperation and development of good neighborly relations are yet another challenge, another foreign policy priority goal of Macedonia <clears throat> as a part of the European integration. In this respect, I would like to briefly address our relations with neighboring countries, with Bulgaria and Albania, for example. We maintain very good political relations. Regretfully, however, the economic dynamics lags behind. Additional problem is presented by the fact that the road infrastructure still bears features from the period of Yugoslavia when little was invested into opening Macedonia to east and to the west as a, uh, uh, as a result of that time Cold War circumstances. However, today there is a political win and numerous projects are realized. In addition, the cooperation with Albania is intensive as Albania, Croatia, and Macedonia, with the support from the United States, have together formed the Adriatic Charter, a group which is jointly applying for NATO integration. These three countries expect NATO membership invitation at the Bucharest Summit to be held in April 2008. The cooperation with Greece, our southern neighbor, is excellent at economic level. Greece is among the biggest foreign investors in Macedonia. And for the Macedonians, Greece is one of the favorite tourist destinations. Only we, the politicians, do badly, and we still waste energy unproductively on some irrational disputes. Such is the bilateral dispute about the name of Macedonia, an absurd dispute in which it is requested that the Republic of Macedonia should give up its constitutional name because of Greek objections. Greek objections are based on the fact that in northern Greece there is a province bearing the same name since 1988. 
But according to this reasoning, Belgium should request Grand Duke of Luxembourg to change its name owing to the fact that Belgium province of Luxembourg exists in Belgium. According to this logic of the Greek government, France should dispute with Great Britain, which bears the name of the province of Britannia in France. And Germany should think about challenging the name of France since the ancient Franks were a Germanic tribe. Nonetheless, we have understanding for the historical sensitivity of Greece in regard of history of Macedonia. And uh, as our name is not disputable for any other capital in the world, including London, Berlin, Warsaw, Ljubljana, Washington, Moscow, Sofia, and whatsoever, but only for Athens, we are prepared to offer our Greek friends a bilateral compromise to be found, and Greece to be allowed to accommodate its sensitivities in referring to us as a country. It is encouraging, though the realistic opinions emanate from Athens as well, such as the view of the former foreign minister Pangalos, who in one interview stated that the name dispute is an artificial issue created during the nationalistic policy of Mr. Samaras and pointed out that today's Greek modern policy is a kind of hostage of this already established and inherited situation. The relations with our northern neighbor Serbia are normal. We have lived together for 50 years in a common state. We know and understand each other. The economies of the two countries have been complementary since the time of Yugoslavia. At this point, we arrive at the issue which is imposed in itself, the Kosovo issue. The Macedonian government considers that after 10 years of difficulties, it is high time for final resolution of this uh, open issue on the Balkans. <clears throat> Macedonia sees the resolution to this issue through the prism of ensuring permanent stability and prosperity of the region. Kosovo is the European issue, and therefore it is a challenge for the European unity. Macedonia has supported and still supports the plan of the President Akhtisari, considering it as a step towards shaping the European future of Kosovo. Any delay in resolving the final status of Kosovo will only increase the already complicated situation. So therefore, Macedonian government has two principles on this issue. First one is the sooner the final status of Kosovo will be resolved, the better will be for the involved parties, Pristina and Belgrade, but also will have a positive impact on the region. And second, we are not the country that will determine the status of Kosovo, but we clearly state that we prefer final status for Kosovo than status quo, because the status quo is not a sustainable solution. Of course, the European Union has the tools to encourage Serbia as well, uh, offering them concrete, visible European perspective. We sincerely hope that the new round of negotiations with the assistance of the Troika will bring some uh, will bring positions of the two parties closer. Otherwise, in the post-status period, which will be the most challenging one, we are available for sharing our experience in the processes of municipal decentralization, as well as in respect of the mechanisms for building multi-ethnic society. 
As a neighboring country, our goal is to make constructive contribution to the friendly environment in the region in order this issue to be resolved in a friendly manner. The closing of the last outstanding issue in the Balkans will unquestionably have positive influence of the entire region and will increase the trust of foreign investors that will have a positive impetus on the economic development in the region. Speaking about economy, I would like to mention some issues and reforms that our government has undertaken. And uh, they sound a bit strange to the center-left oriented parties. We have implemented a flat tax rate since the beginning of this year, January, and we have introduced 12% profit and personal tax. In 2008, these rates will be further reduced to only 10%. Naturally, the question arises, how will you manage with the reduced budget revenue? But it follows. I must say that the revenues are 15% higher than we have projected them last year. Because with the lower rates and the enhanced control and fiscal discipline, tax evasion and grey economy have been significantly reduced in Macedonia. Our motto is equal distribution of tax burden, so to say that all taxpayers pay but pay lower taxes, rather than only part of the taxpayers pay higher taxes. Second economical issue is, sounds a bit French. It is the regulatory guillotine, a project of the government to cut off many bureaucratic obstacles in order to achieve a better business climate. As a result of this, in this year report from the World Bank doing business, Macedonia was, together with Croatia from the region, listed among the 10 most reformist-oriented countries that have contributed to have a uh, doing business easier climate. What is our success uh, in few sentences? as a country. As I have mentioned 2001, I want to add that at that time we were a country recipient of security assistance. Today we are very glad to underline that we have became, we have reached a level being a country that is security provider because 3% uh, of our soldiers are deployed abroad mostly in the NATO mission ISAF in Afghanistan, but also taking part in the mission in Iraq and taking part in the EU mission Altea in Bosnia and Herzegovina. We know how helpful it was for us when we needed security assistance, so therefore we are glad being able secure, to provide security assistance to other nations. And finally, what I want to say is that we are well aware of the fact that Macedonia is not perfect, but we consider ourselves good and we are working to be better. Thank you very much. Well, thank you very much, Minister, for this uh, very substantial uh, lecture. Um, we have now uh, time for questions and for debates. So I, I open the floor for the question. I'd like to ask you to introduce yourself and to ask short questions, if possible. 
Yes, please. There is a microphone somewhere. Um, Tomasz Takosta, Economic History. Sir, what do you see as the main challenges for Macedonia and other, con other countries in the Western Balkans to um, integrate the European Union, and when can we see this um, happening? What is the provisional date? Well, I think that the first challenge uh, lies uh, in the countries themselves. How um, speed, how um, devoted we will be to transform our societies. I think that we have a good pace. The second challenge uh, lies in the, uh, in the EU itself. How prepared will be the EU to continue with, um, with the next uh, enlargement. And uh, at this moment, I think that uh, Britain has a very, really interesting debate about the reform treaty. Uh, if this uh, reform treaty, now I will tell you a Macedonian perception, and it is um, probably a shared perception in Croatia and Turkey as well. If this uh, reform treaty uh, is to be uh, accepted consensually by the EU members, then it will make our job easier or it will make less obstacles uh, for the enlargement process ahead. But uh, if this uh, reform treaty does not have the approval of all EU countries, then some EU countries that are hesitating in respect of the enlargement will use it as a pretext to put the enlargement process on hold. And um, the next challenge that uh, is not directly affecting Macedonia but uh, is uh, to a certain extent uh, indirectly related is, um, are the stereotypes in respect of the Turkish uh, uh, EU enlargement perspectives. So um, it seems that uh, uh, some um, politicians inside the European Union um, consider even putting on hold uh, Macedonian uh, uh, aspirations for uh, getting closer in this enlargement process because they want to put on hold uh, everything including the uh, enlargement process of Turkey. As a country we believe that uh, uh, every aspirant country being uh, granted a candidate status uh, should be given uh, a fair uh, opportunities to continue with the enlargement process and in this respect we are supportive of Turkish application as well. But however as I have uh, stated uh, uh, I think that uh, the, the last uh, enlargement uh, wave uh, of, uh, uh, Bul with Bulgaria and Romania was uh, uh, the one where the observation about the fulfillment of the criteria was not so strict as it became today. Mm -hmm. And uh, if uh, at that time, and even uh, if we compare the enlargement enthusiasm 10 years ago uh, with uh, Eastern European countries, uh, when the European Commission was looking at uh, the fulfillment of the conditions with uh, only one eye, today, when we speak about Macedonia, Croatia, and Turkey, they are observing us with four eyes. So there are several uh, hands. Yes, please. So what I propose, Minister, is that we collect maybe three, yes. three questions and then you, you answer. We can't hear you. Okay, I'll try to speak. Uh, I read yesterday in your uh, website that the uh, public tries to promote the values of God's And I was just wondering how come you have 
promoting these values when you are promoting this by, for instance, uh, naming the National Airport of Skopje uh, Airport of Alexander the Great? Do you really believe that you have any historical connections with Alexander the Great? I mean, you are Slavic tribes that arrived in the region in the 16th century. So, what's your connection with Alexander the Great? Why you are promoting Greece? Well, maybe we don't collect another question. You're going to answer this question first. Yes. Well, in, in respect of, uh, well, I'm not a historian, so I cannot say whether I really uh, have uh, some percentage of uh, heritage of uh, Alexander the Great personally. I don't believe. Uh, but uh, we were on the crossroad uh, here in the Balkans, and uh, many empires have changed their role, so probably there is a something as a, a mutual heritage that we could share. But what I know is uh, one, uh, a different European approach of uh, inclusiveness uh, instead of this uh, Greek exclusive approach toward history. I have uh, spent uh, some years of my life in Aachen, Aix-la-Chapelle, in French, uh, a German city bordering uh, with uh, Belgium, Belgium and, and Holland, where uh, uh, Karl the Great um, uh, was born, and uh, this was uh, the seat of his empire. And he is considered um, equally great in Germany as well as in France, even in Italy. And uh, he is even a part of the national uh, uh, anthem of uh, Andorra. But I have never heard that the French government or German government has ever objected or pressed Andorra to change their national anthem. So therefore, as a country, we, we really believe that uh, uh, everyone, uh, Alexander the Great is so great that uh, he goes beyond uh, the, the national borders, and not only Greece, but Macedonia as well, Turkey, <laughs> Bulgaria, and uh, even, even countries like uh, India and, uh, and Middle East have a, have a right to share this uh, uh, cultural heritage. Lady in the middle, yes. T take the microphone, please. Okay. Um, two questions. You referred to the Greek uh, as a bit of um, sensitive historically. I understand that. Uh, what the name Macedonia signifies for you? Are you historically sensitive? So what does that signify? And uh, secondly, um, I think that the position of the, Greek, of the Greek government at the moment is that it will veto your entry to the EU if you don't find a solution. What is your um, statement or your opinion on that? Thank you. Would you like to answer first? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Well, uh, there is an essential difference uh, about the sensitivity in Macedonia and in Greece about the name of our country. Um, in, if, uh, if we have, uh, let's say, um, for Greece, it is a political issue, an issue of, uh, of uh, the face-saving political issue, I would say. For Macedonia, is the issue of the national identity. So the name of our country, we are a small nation, is the cornerstone of our national identity. And that's the essential difference. Um, on your second question, um, we have, uh, and as we recognize the, the sensitivity of Greece, as historic sensitivity, uh, but uh, we have um, one uh, uh, big difference in the approach in the talks that we have uh, uh, between us. 
our Greek friends are trying to uh, convince the others that we should give up or change our name for international purposes. But uh, we say always, um, still, our name is not disputable for any other country in the world, but for Greece, only for Greece. We should find a way how to allow Greece to accommodate to their sensitivity. Gentleman here. Thank you. Um, Charles Napier from Quintus Public Affairs. Um, the Br British Foreign Office uh, website describes relations with Macedonia as excellent. Um, and I know that you uh, met the Minister for Europe yesterday. Um, how would you describe Macedonian-UK relations? And also, what do you think the UK and other European Union members can do for Macedonia to help, your, help you in your quest to become a member of the EU? Okay. Because there are several hands, I, I propose that we collect two other questions. Yes. Hi, um, my name is Tom Philippos, and I know as a Minister for Macedonia, you can't comment all that much on Serbia, but my question today regards um, Serbian internal affairs and whether as Foreign Minister in Macedonia, do you feel or do you, are you concerned about the state of Serbian internal affairs where the population seems to be embracing parties of the radical right, such as the radical party? And do you believe Prime Minister Kosunica and President Tadic are doing enough to allow Serbia to stay on the progressive track instead of going back into the dark days? Thank you. The lady in the back. Thank you. Uh, don't you find that the problem with the Albanian uh, big minority could be an obstacle to the process of adhesion of your country if Macedonia doesn't manage to solve it? Thank you. Please, Minister. Yes. Well, I will start with the last uh, question. Um, Macedonia has uh, successfully achieved level of development where every ethnic community has an equal opportunity in politics, culture, education, economy, etc. So therefore, we consider that the vast majority of the citizens of Macedonia, regardless to which ethnic community they belong, uh, are opting for the unity and progress of our country. And um, that's, uh, in fact, that's a success story of our country, proving that what has proven not possible in Bosnia and, uh, let's say, lead to, to some uh, bloody clashes, has proven being possible and uh, sustainable in Macedonia. So that's our greatest um, uh, credit as an added value for our society, but also as an example that could be useful for some other countries in the region. On, on the question uh, for, for Serbia, um, I, I, I do not want to, to interfere in their uh, domestic affairs and to make a comment on Serbian politicians and their uh, actings, but however, it's not, it's not comfortable walking with, with their shoes these days. And um, I know that uh, now they have a dilemma uh, whether to uh, concentrate their efforts on what has been lost in 1999 
or what could be gained today and tomorrow. And uh, uh, we know each other and we know how difficult it is for this democratic government to resolve and to cope with an issue that they have inherited from the previous undemocratic regime of Milosevic. And he, in fact, the, uh, was uh, the one who, uh, uh, who has uh, created uh, or led Serbia to this uh, no-exit uh, street in respect uh, of the Kosovo issue. We wish them all the best, and um, uh, we know that uh, they are not happy when we underline uh, that we are uh, convinced uh, the, sooner, the sooner the question of Kosovo will be resolved, the better will be for them. But uh, as a country neighboring uh, with Serbia and having uh, very good uh, economic cooperation, um, we, uh, um, we are sure that uh, this democratic government of Serbia should be really assisted in this process of the Kosovo issue because the alternative is, uh, uh, is uh, the alter political alternative uh, is, uh, is really uh, no, not an option for Serbia. And um, in respect of the UK-Macedonia uh, relations, uh, I would uh, completely share the view that uh, we have uh, excellent uh, political relations, very intensive communication, and uh, what uh, we could do uh, in the future, and we have already started, is to attract the attention of the UK business uh, to invest in Macedonia, where uh, our Greek uh, friends have already found uh, an attractive uh, place to invest. So uh, therefore now we have uh, started an one campaign with the foundation of uh, uh, one uh, British uh, Macedonian uh, business chamber and uh, we expect uh, very soon that uh, the tax holidays uh, we are offering uh, to the uh, foreign uh, direct investors uh, in the economic uh, uh, free uh, trade development zones will be attractive for British investors as well. We have got uh, the support of uh, Britain for our uh, NATO application for the EU as well, and we would be very happy to see other EU countries being so enlargement friendly like Britain is. Okay, we have time for other questions. Yes, lady here in the middle. This microphone coming. Thank you. My name is uh, Rachel Camille. Uh, I used to, I spent three years in, in your beautiful country. I uh, worked for United Nations there. And um, my question to you would be, given the ethnic distribution and the pace um, progress of the centralization process, do you think that um, Macedonia could eventually embrace the model that was once imposed by the international community in Bosnia, meaning uh, Dayton, uh, 12 years ago and the federal state? Well, I think that uh, we are trying to we have our own specifics and we are trying to find the best way how to accommodate them. Uh, Bosnia is not a good example. Neither Belgium is. Uh, so therefore I think that the Macedonian example of uh, one multi-ethnic society with the unitary state but at the same time having, uh, providing uh, equal opportunities for every ethnic community is uh, um, maybe not the best one but uh, we have uh, never heard for a better one. Yes, gentlemen here. Hi, my name is Trésor Chauvou. Um, you've mentioned in your speech that Macedonia struggled to get recognized in the international scene. My question is, 
Uh, why, in your opinion, do you think that Macedonia struggled? And what is the most difficult thing for a young country like Macedonia to be accepted in the, this global scene? Well, the difficulties uh, are different from country to country, and they um, sometimes depend on the neighbors of the country struggling for uh, international recognition. When we have started uh, this uh, struggle, as I have mentioned, uh, it was at that time green government that uh, objected our independence. So uh, they have uh, objected as well our membership into the UN. But then um, uh, late uh, 1993, before Greece took over the EU presidency in the first semester 1994, it was uh, Britain, Germany, uh, Holland, Spain, and France that have uh, supported our application for UN membership, and finally we have succeeded. Thank you. Um, with all due respect, um, you, although you mock the issue of the name and, and uh, make light of it, it isn't quite as you present it. In Greece, it is not a political issue, but more a question of identity. So my question to you is, why does your country lay claim to the historical legacy of the ancient Greek kingdom of Macedonia through its symbols, through its flag, through the name of the airport, and thereby jeopardize its European future? Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Um, Dina Mihanovic, International Relations Department. Uh, I would like to say on this Greek story, or whatever you would like to call it, um, you said that you expect to gain the invitation for membership uh, to the NATO at the next summit in April in Budapest, which is rather soon. Um, can you state your opinion on a Greek perspective to that question? Do you, ex do you um, expect that Greece will block that? Invitation and the second short question about the uh, demarcation of the border be between Kosovo and Macedonia. Uh, I can recollect that there was some turmoil between Serbia and Macedonia over that issue. Do you, where do you stand on that uh, today? Thank you. Thank you. Third question. Yes, please. Um, Kosta Koteski. Um, I'm more interested in the the homework that you mentioned has been given to us by the European Union and NATO, because uh, it's obvious that the new government has got huge improvement in the, especially the way of corruption and bringing foreign investments to Macedonia. Um, more interesting from your perspectives to find out what the new government did regarding the homework and what else has to be done. Thank you. Thank you. Please, Minister. First, I will start with the, with the last question. Um, as I have explained, we have um, undertaken uh, several economic reforms, including the tax reform, then uh, this uh, regulatory guillotine, and um, uh, we have, uh, with lower taxes, uh, we got uh, a higher budget revenues, so we were able to increase um, for, a, uh, for a small percentage the salaries of the public administration, including judiciary. And, um, and now we have uh, projected 
until the end of the year to have the end of the year with at least 6% GDP growth and uh, uh, some more um, foreign direct investments. Now uh, we are expecting one uh, UK automotive-oriented uh, company to take their decision for investment in Macedonia. And we were glad a few months ago to have a Societe Generale, a French bank, uh, uh, buying uh, one uh, smaller Macedonian bank. So in this respect, we will uh, only continue uh, the way we have chosen. And uh, what we need is, uh, of course, a political stability and um, a stable region as well uh, in order uh, to have uh, uh, a good circumstances to, uh, to, to get to, to our uh, desired goal. On the question of, um, again, the first question of, uh, of the name and Alexander the Great, um, well, what shall I say? I think that um, there is no uh, such a case in the world when one bigger country has pressed another smaller country um, requesting it to change its own chosen constitutional name. And uh, uh, our government is not a, a, a historical faculty in order to claim whether uh, some ancient uh, treasure or history belongs only to Greece or could be shared with the nations around. So therefore, I would uh, rather leave this uh, debate to the historians and concentrate on our uh, common European future. Uh, what I want to say is that um, Greek business community is the biggest uh, investor community in Macedonia and no one minds the name of our country. They are just doing business for themselves, making good profit. We are also satisfied because uh, new jobs uh, have been, uh, working places have been opened. So that's the way we want to see uh, our common future. As, as I have stated, uh, um, I may go even further, good neighbor relations. We are a uh, 16-year independent country, and no single incident has ever happened uh, between Macedonia and Greece on our border from security uh, um, point of view. Uh, just opposite, uh, Greek uh, uh, army has recently opened a one-language laboratory in our main uh, military barrack um, in Macedonia in order our officers to learn Greek language because uh, every year we have an uh, exchange uh, of um, uh, security trainings and uh, many of our officers visit uh, Greek training camps. So um, I cannot find a better um, uh, examples of a good neighbor relations and therefore I think that uh, uh, the name issue uh, is uh, an issue that uh, has no rational uh, um, uh, essence when we speak uh, about the Greek priorities. So I am uh, completely sure that uh, this is not uh, of uh, essential importance of the Greek politics, but sometimes in order to defocus the attention of some other issues, maybe uh, this issue is uh, uh, well utilized. Um, on the NATO invitation in, in Bucharest, and uh, Greek position. I think that uh, we have uh, fortunately signed uh, one interim accord with Greece in mid of September 95, uh, which uh, in Article 11 says that, and this is the original uh, interim accord because there is no name of the countries, but uh, it says first party and second party, and we are the second party. Uh, so uh, this uh, uh, interim accord uh, says that uh, 
um, regardless of the ongoing talks on the differences over the name of the second party, first party is not allowed to block application for membership or membership of the second party in the organizations where the first party is already a member. <laughs> so, therefore, I, I think that... Uh, Therefore, I think that um, uh, um, this dilemma, uh, because we, when we speak about the enlargement of the NATO, we speak about the common goal, about uh, an added value to the, uh, to the security architecture in the region, and membership of Macedonia into NATO will be a direct benefit for Greece as well. So therefore, I expect that uh, they will uh, uh, have this uh, uh, reason when the time will come to issue the invitations for NATO applicants. And on the Kosovo border demarcation, we have signed this uh, agreement at the beginning of 2001. And um, this uh, border agreement has been depot in the UN and uh, was uh, officially confirmed. So now, uh, but uh, in the meantime, uh, because uh, um, um, there was a vacuum, so to say, in the uh, responsibility or actors from the Kosovo side who really has the mandate uh, to demarcate uh, this border, the border demarcation uh, um, uh, was not um, uh, finished, but uh, it was included as a plan of Mr. Artisari's plan uh, as, a, as a one of the norms, and we expect that after the final resolution, final status of Kosovo will be resolved, that uh, we will immediately start and as soon as possible finish this border demarcation, which will prove at the same time that the uh, actors, political actors in Pristina, are mature enough to undertake international responsibilities as well. Uh, Minister, I know you have uh, other commitments in London, but I think we have time for a last set of questions. Of course. Okay. Please. Uh, hello, uh, my name is Sotiro Zartaloudis. I'm a PhD at uh, the European Institute of DLC. Uh, I, won't mention, I won't go to the discussion uh, of the name. Uh, it's quite obvious that it's a very hot issue for both parties. Uh, my question would be an easy one. Uh, when, can you put a, a realistic uh, timeline for your entrance to the EU? Uh, and I mean, when would you like to join or where do you think you will be able to join? Thank you. Well, we can sorry. collect yes. two others. Yes. Here, gentlemen here, yes. Uh, hello, my name is Amar. Uh, I'm a first year economics student here. Uh, you mentioned your relationships with your immediate neighbors. I just want to know how your relationships are with the US and Russia. Current relationships, especially in light of what they've been in the past, and uh, who would you rate as the better friend of the two? Okay. And the last question here, the lady back of the room. Yes. Uh, on Kosovo status, you said that you support a uh, solution as soon as po possible, status quo is not possible, and also that you support Afisari. How do you think the delay is affecting the uh, region in the whole? And what do you think about some other options that have been mentioned, although now are quiet, but they may come back as partition? How would that affect Macedonia and the region as a whole? And since you had difficulties being accepted, would you have any advice for Kosovo politicians? Mm -hmm. yes. Thank you. Um, well, uh, we, we could share our experience with them. Uh, 
with the difficulties we, we already had, but uh, first they, they should uh, get to this momentum, then we would be uh, happy to assist. Um, um, on, the, on the delay, I would like to say that uh, we think that, um, of course, we are not naive and we know that uh, uh, risks and tensions exist already in Kosovo, in Serbia, and uh, <clears throat> we may say in the uh, neighborhood, but uh, any additional unnecessary delay will just increase the complication of, uh, of the situation. So therefore, we prefer a solution for the Kosovo final status without delay. However, uh, we are advising uh, the politicians who are considering uh, unilateral declaration of independence as not recommendable step, but uh, it would be recommendable to continue to cooperate, especially with the European Union, the union which will uh, take over in the uh, in near future, I hope, the responsibility over the uh, final status and the implementation of final status of Kosovo. And uh, when we speak about partition, we uh, wouldn't uh, support uh, Mr. Akisarius' plan if partition was uh, envisaged in it. Uh, but we have supported the plan basically because uh, it has three pillars uh, and it is uh, no partition, no situation before 1999 and no annexation to any uh, country or territory. So therefore I think that uh, this plan, although uh, currently being uh, put uh, into refrigerator for a while, uh, will become uh, a very actual again after 10th of December. On the U.S.-Russia uh, relations, we have a good relations with both of them. Uh, both countries are our uh, friends. And, um, of course, uh, we have uh, very intensive cooperation with the United States since we are applying for membership into the NATO and uh, since we, have, uh, we are working together in the U.S.-sponsored uh, Adriatic Charter together with Croatia and Albania. Um, EU membership and when would we like to join or prepare to join? I think that uh, um, <clears throat> uh, uh, we would like to join the European Union when we will be prepared, uh, because uh, joining the EU uh, before we are prepared uh, will have a bigger cost for our country, for our economy, agriculture, than joining when we will be prepared. Uh, approximately to other applicant countries, it took um, five years after they started uh, negotiations uh, for EU membership till they have uh, prepared themselves and entered the EU. So I think that uh, it will be similar with Macedonia. Even maybe uh, we will need a less time because uh, we are a smaller country and because we already have two countries from former Yugoslavia, Slovenia being already a member and Croatia being advanced into uh, negotiations. So if we uh, know wisely to utilize uh, their experience because we have uh, um, arisen from the same uh, common country, so we have a very similar uh, political, uh, institutional and economic structure, administrative structure as well, then we could have a, a speedier pace. Minister, thank you very much. We are very grateful. <laughs> and before you leave, I would like to give you a small gift which we remind you LSE, this is the LSE tie, there is the LSE symbol.
I don't think yeah. there's anything to do with Alexander the Great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry about that. <laughs>